Ready to form Voltron! This is a job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. Hello everybody, and welcome to the 10th episode of Charlie's GeekCast, the show about me and the stuff I like, but mostly the stuff I like, part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. My name is Charlie Neymar, and this is the 10th episode, and I decided this time we are going to catch up on some news. I think I did news in like the first one or two episodes, and then I haven't had a chance to do any since then, so I figured, man, we've had some... Big stuff coming up lately, so why not talk about it? Alright, so first up, we're going to talk about Superman. More specifically, Brian Michael Bendis' Man of Steel miniseries, which has concluded, and the monthly titles have started by the time you'll, you hear this episode. The miniseries was actually pretty good, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Bendis has a great handle on pretty much all the characters, uh, but the way he told the story was just a bit off. The main story was fine. We've got a new villain who appears to be responsible for the destruction of Krypton, and Superman and Supergirl are only able to stop him by sending him to the Phantom Zone, which apparently is a temporary solution, and I'm not sure why. Phantom Zone's usually more of a permanent solution, but we'll see. The subplot of what happened to Lois and John was very much dragged out, though. I mean, they actually, I mean, there was repeated panels repeated balloon word balloons all over the place just to drag it out across the six issues and the pro- another problem with that subplot was that all of it was drawn by Jason Fabok which is fine he's a great artist I love his work he did great on detective comics during the new 52 he did great on a short stint on the Justice League in the new 50- near the end of the new 52 and he did great here the problem is that the rest of the issue is drawn by other people. And while it's not so so jarring when you have an issue drawn by, say, Ivan Reese, but when you get to an issue drawn by, I don't know, Steve Rude, who did part of an issue, or uh, Adam Hughes, whose style is apparently draw an outline and then paint in the details, it's very jarring to go from that to Faybox's very detailed pencil and inks. Plus, it involves Jorel, who I know. Now, see, I haven't. I jumped ahead. I haven't caught up on all the Superman stuff since uh, basically uh, they did the Superman Reborn, where they combined all the previous histories of Superman into one, and he got the new costume with the uh, red belt with the yellow buckle on it. But he got the red boots back. You know, we slowly were getting to the classic costume again. I know there was a story in action by Dan Jurgens that involved Jor-El returning. But I haven't read it yet. 
I didn't know he was going to stay, and I thought he was a bad guy. So on this, he, he's not so much of a bad guy. He's just trying to help his grandson. And, but there's no explanation for how he's alive or how he's still alive, how he dis escaped Krypton's destruction or anything like that. And in my opinion, this is supposed to be a big jumping on point for new readers or a returning point for older readers. And if you haven't been keeping up and haven't read that stuff, you're going to be like, what the hell is this? How'd he come back? So that's the only problem I had with that. That, I mean, it's going to be kind of, I'd be interested to see what Lois's book is about because she's supposed to be writing about her adventures in space. Now, maybe her plan is that she's going to write it as like a, another character and just use her time in space to help, you know, describe scenes and stuff, but it doesn't say that, it just makes it sound like she's writing memoirs of her, of her time in space. So hopefully, hopefully she makes it into like a, a story where she can get some really good descriptions of what space looks like. Uh, the other subplot involving the arsonist in Metropolis never gets resolved. You're gonna have to pick up Action Comics to get to the end of that. <sighs> That's kind of frustrating. I mean, granted, I know the miniseries is supposed to get you to go into the new books. That makes sense. But, you know what? And I know you really can't compare them because it's two different eras and everything, but... I read six issues of Man of Steel back in... Well, I didn't read it back in 1986, but I read that series. It was kind of probably 93 before I read all six of the issues. 94, maybe? Anyway, um, but I read that six-issue miniseries. You had a complete story... Well, actually, you had almost six complete stories the ending set things up for a new world of, for Superman and made you be like I want to keep reading this stuff what's next but this just kind of ends with kind of a cliffhanger and it's kind of frustrating uh, I will say the art despite the jarring the jarring art changes with Jason Fabok having his parts in every issue the art was fantastic. They got some really great artists. Um, I don't know if they had a chance to do some of their best work because I don't know what the uh, deadlines were like because this was a weekly series. But I thought Ivan Reese did very good on issue one. I love seeing Kevin McGuire. I thought all the artists were really great, uh, each in their own styles. Their styles were very vastly different, but I thought they did a good job telling the story. Um, I just... I, I thought it was... Other than the jarring art and the bad pacing of the Lois and John subplot, I thought it was a really good story, and I am looking forward to see where we're going next. It looks like Bendis has the books going in a very interesting direction. The problem is it's Bendis, so it's going to take a long time to get there, basically. Unless he gets fired, I don't see that happening. Uh, meanwhile, over in Batman, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he was supposed to be getting married. It didn't quite work out as planned, but what makes it even worse is the fact that, was it two or three days before the issue came out, the New York Times spilled the beans and told you that it wasn't going to work out, and I don't know if that hurt sales at all, but I'm really getting annoyed with that stuff. I know the writer, Tom King, was very upset about the fact that the story got leaked and came out several a, a couple days before the issue 
Wait until Wednesday or Thursday to publish the story. I mean, come on. Let the issue come out. Let people read it for themselves first. Have a chance. Um, but let me tell you this. Several of my friends on Facebook are keeping up with the Batman books. I haven't been keeping up since, like, the first story just because I haven't had time. But, so I, I can't offer an opinion on the Batman story of the wedding. But from what I've seen from other people, it's still a very good issue. It works perf It fits perfectly with what Tom King is doing. He's still he. I believe he's got a 100 issue run planned, and this is only this was only issue 50. He's got more to do. There's still redemption time. It would make for a great story if that happened. Uh, or he might not do it. I don't know. We'll find out. But everything I've read from other people's state it tells me that it is a fantastic issue it fits in perfectly it all makes sense and we shouldn't be too upset about the end but let me tell you people were so upset about this but before the issue even came out and catwoman's about to get her own series but before any of that has happened people are already calling for boycotts of her new series because of how the story ended and I am getting so tired of boycotts and crazy fan reactions these days. It's going crazy. Speaking speaking of crazy boycotts, in the This Story Just Won't Die department, people are going nuts about Last Jedi. Still, it is end of July. That movie came out mid-December. Mid-December. So it's been eight months and seven months. Eight months? Eight months. I don't know. I can't count. Anyway, people, ever since that movie came out, people have been, uh, fans, supposedly, have been harassing the stars of the movie to the point where most of them aren't on social media anymore. Uh, apparently, Mark Hamill gets away, is okay with things, and the director seems to be still going. But everyone else has had to leave social media because they're getting harassed so much. And these supposed fans have also been calling for boycotts of other Star Wars-related releases. And the latest news that I've seen is that there's a group of people that say they have actually raised enough money to make a new version of Last Jedi that's more in, in tone with the Star Wars franchise. First off, I don't know how you're going to do that without Princess Leia. I'm sorry, she's not a princess anymore. But anyway, I don't know how you're going to do that without Carrie Fisher, because she was a integral part at the beginning and was kind of integral near the end. Um... First off, let me just say this. I just want to be clear that I really enjoyed Last Jedi both times that I saw it. The only, I've only had two problems that I've been able to come up with the movie. One was the layup in space part was a little hokey. I'm guessing, I'm going to say spoilers, but I'm guessing that after all these months, anyone that might be listening to this episode has probably seen it or heard about it or watched it on uh, either illegally or has have bought the Blu-ray by now or the digital version or anything like that, okay? At the point where Leia gets blown out in space and basically uses the Force to get back to the ship. That, that part was a little hokey to me. She's never, sh other than feeling it when, um, when Han died in the previous movie, other than feeling that, she hasn't really expressed or shown any affinity for the Force. Now, I could see if maybe this is one of those things where, like, the adrenaline rush of being in that situation 
caused the force, her to be able to use the force to save herself. Similar to how some people with enough adrenaline can pick up a tree long enough for someone to get out of it. Or out from under it. You know? So, maybe there's that. But she also survived in space. So, yeah. The other problem I had was... And I don't, I don't want this to sound negative, but it, it seemed a bit long. The, the, I was enjoying having the extra time in the Star Wars universe, but the first time I saw it, I remember thinking, okay, this is where they're gonna end it. Uh, okay, 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 this is, this is gonna be the end, right. No, okay, uh, right here. This is, nope, no, no. Okay, this is gonna be it. Setting up the final show, nope, nope, they're shooting Luke and he's fine. Okay, here. We're going to have the uh, final battle. That's going to be... No, no, no. He's a force ghost. Cool. Okay, here's where they're finally... Nope, they're getting away. Okay, fine. Cool. But, you know, I mean... I, at, at, at a point, I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I don't know what I'm talking about, apparently. I'm just going to sit and enjoy the movie when it ends, it ends. And... I said, I told you, I saw it twice in the theater. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it again on since it's been released on home video. But I, I saw it twice in the theater, and I loved it both. I think I just find it kind of aggregating that all the complaints there were about Force Awakens was it was too derivative, too much of a copy of the first Star Wars movie, too much cookie cutter fitting in with the Star Wars stuff. And so you get this new movie, Last Jedi, which is kind of takes all that stuff and throws it away and makes this whole new movie. And people complain about the fact that there's too many women in it. I mean, come on. Too many women. The, originals, the original trilogy only had one woman. There's well, actually technically two. She showed up later. But, I mean, come on, people. But they, you get Last Jedi, which throws everything out and does this whole new take. Yeah, it's not great for Luke, but it, it, it goes with the... I mean, it, it's it's a valid way for him to turn. I mean, he's not going bad. I mean, he just loses some hope. Something like that could affect a person, especially when he feels like he's got the weight of the universe on his shoulders, feeling he's got to live up to his legend, and is basically the last Jedi and has put it upon himself at least at the time, has put it upon himself to try to restore the Jedi Order. I mean, that will happen. It's human. And he's human, even if he is from another planet. But yeah, and then everyone's complaining about this movie. It's not Star Wars enough. I'm sorry. I saw lightsabers. I saw space battles. I saw, uh, I saw blasters. I saw explosions. I saw all sorts of stuff. I don't see how that was in Star Wars. We even had C-3PO and R2-D2 and BB-8. I mean, come on. Anyway. Oh, and let me throw this out there. I really liked the Han Solo movie, too. It was fun, exciting, and it had almost no use of the Force in the whole thing. Plus, um, that Amelia Clark is pretty easy on the eyes, too. I just found that out there. Anyway. Now, was this a story that really needed to be told? No. Pretty much everything you need to know about Han Solo has been revealed through comments and say, and just in passing conversation in the original trilogy. We already know that he did the 
We already know how we got the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. We already know about the Parsecs. We already know all that stuff. But it's fun to see it. And, and they tell it in a really fun, interesting way. I mean, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Besides, the, besides, well, of course, that's me. I love origin stories. I love, I mean, yes, Superman has had his origin retold so many times in the last decade through comics and movies. But I've loved each, well, I don't know if I've loved each one, but I've found each one to be very interesting. I love going back and seeing how things came about. Uh, I'd love to see a movie that talked more about how they came up with the idea for the Death Star in Star Wars. Uh, because that's not just something you just come up with willy-nilly. I mean, the thing was huge. And then how they came up with um, the even bigger planet in Force Awakens. I would love to see a movie or something to tell the story about how they got from Empire and Rebellion to First Order and all that. I mean, come on. That'd be cool. But, that's me. Unfortunately, the, the Han Solo movie didn't do as well as expected at the box office. Due in part to the boycott that I mentioned earlier. From the supposed Star Wars fans. So now, all the side story movies have been put on hold. And I think Catherine Kennedy, didn't she get fired? Or had to quit? One of the two? Uh, so... I don't think that's going. That's proving anything to Disney. I think that all that's telling Disney is that maybe we don't want more Star Wars. So you're actually kind of punishing yourself because now you're not going to get as much Star Wars anymore. I will also say, and I throw this out as a caveat, most of my Star Wars knowledge comes from the movies. Some of it comes from the like behind the scenes specials, and some of it I have. A, I've played some of the video games. I actually like the uh, the the uh, what's it called the Apprentice one. Anyway, I, I, I most of my knowledge comes from that or podcasts about Star Wars. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. I, I can't get into the Star Wars comics. I've tried. I tried the first time Marvel had. Well, I've tried reading the first time Marvel had them. But I couldn't get into it. I tried reading the latest time that Marvel got into had them. The Darth Vader one was good, but I couldn't get into the other books. Um, I have I tried some of the Dark Horse stuff. Best I the best I could get through was the um, one where they basically tell the Star Wars movie based on George Lucas's original drafts for the movie, where all where characters are different and all the setups are weird. That kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Um, but I can't read the books, the novels. I can't do those. Uh, I haven't really sat down to watch any of the TV shows, the you know Rebels or Clone so or Clone Wars. By the way, that's coming back. Uh, they're doing another season of Clone Wars. I don't know if you know that. You probably know that because this is the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, and most of the show, the biggest shows on this network are Star Trek and Star Wars related. So you, if you're listening to this, you probably know that Clone Wars is coming back. So never mind. Anyway, so that's probably validates my opinions on all of that Star Wars stuff. But I just I felt the need to point it out. I'd like to. I wanted to vent a little. And what better place than on my podcast? 
Anyway, back to the news. San Diego Comic-Con also recently wrapped up. And while it didn't seem to create as much of a news frenzy as it has in the past, now that we've got more conventions trying to be as big, if not bigger, than San Diego, and people saving information for these other big uh, conventions, it did seem to create quite a few notable news items. First up, the debut of the trailer for the new season of Doctor Who, starring Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor. All of this is new to me. New faces. New worlds. New times. So if I asked really, really nicely, would you be my new best friends? Now, I am really looking forward to this. We've got a new doctor, our first female doctor, which I think is cool. I'm looking forward to it. I don't, I don't see why we couldn't have a female doctor or a doctor, I don't know, with a different skin tone, whatever. The whole, almost the entire creative staff has been changed, including the composer. There's a new producer, new writers, new directors, just about Everything about this is new, except for the fact that it's going to be on the BBC, which is not new. And I think I read that BBC America is going to be simulcasting the new episodes with BBC during the initial airings. Which, to me, means that if you watch it on BBC America in the States, you, the, during the, initials, the initial airing, I'm guessing there won't be any commercials because the, if you watch the BBC version, there's no commercials during the episode. So I'm guessing if you watch the initial version, the initial episode, the initial airing, I can't talk today, the initial airing, you won't have commercials and then they'll edit in commercials for repeat airings later. That's really cool to me because I would prefer to be able to watch it on my big screen TV, but um, I, I can't handle having to go through all the commercials. So I usually have to, I'm going to stop talking. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And that trailer is actually really good. It really has got me excited for the new season or series, depending on where you're from. It's either a new season or a new series. I'm in the U.S., so we call it seasons. Anyway, we had, next up, we had the trailer for Aquaman. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen, but life has a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out, Arthur is talking to the fish. Oh, let me go! They made me what I am. To come aboard. I've been looking for you. Your half brother, King Orm, is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. 
That was the worst pep talk ever. Might want to strap in. Welcome home. My brother has come from the surface to challenge me for the throne. I call it an ass whooping. I have no choice. I can't save my home and the people that I love. You think you're unworthy to lead because you're of two different worlds. That is exactly why you are worthy. That was awesome. The war is coming to the surface. And I'm bringing the wrath of the seven seas with me. What do you do? You should have a parachute. Redheads, you gotta love them. Uh, now this looks pretty cool. Uh, it looks like they're doing the story of him coming to terms with needing to become king. So you know, really early on stuff. It'll be interesting to see exactly what they adapt from what, since that story's been done several times. Uh, but we also get Black Manta, who looks really cool looks a lot like he does in the comics which i'm kind of excited about but we also looks like we're also going to get ocean master as a villain which kind of has me worried because a lot of these superhero movies i mean there are exceptions there are exceptions to everything but a lot of the superhero movies once they have two villains uh they don't work out as well because that's two different stories they're trying to work in and it just doesn't usually work out quite as well. So I'm hoping for good things from this movie, but I'm a little nervous. And then we also got our first look at the new Titan series coming to DC's new streaming service, DC Universe. And boy, does it look like they missed the mark on this one. Now look, I know that the Titans over the years have had some dark stories, but they were dark stories, not dark series necessarily this it looks like they forgot to pay for the lighting robin drops the f-bomb i'm sorry starfire i have nothing against the actress they've chosen to portray her for the most part i don't have much against the costume she wears however my, my problem is they give her this weird wig that is like bright pink they give her this dress and 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 i'm not gonna criticize the dress because you can't really see it that well it's a purple dress Starfire is known for her lack of a uniform, a lack of clothing. Okay, so I'm not going into that, but they put this fur coat on her. And I'm sorry, but with the short dress, with the fur coat, and with the bright pink wig hair, she kind of looks like a lady of the night more than a superhero. Now I'm hoping this is just for the first episode, and after a little bit she'll lose the coat, and then she'll be fine. But with the coat on, she looks like she's working the streets, that's all I'm saying. The series itself looks like, other than the language, it's also going to have a lot of blood, a lot of bone-breaking noises. It's really ridiculous. But once again, the dark side of fandom has also struck again, because Anna, I think her last name is Diop, Diop, who is actually the actress portraying Starfire in the show, has been forced off of Instagram after being inundated with racist comments. 
I don't know. I don't understand it. I, I've been on this earth almost 40 years. I have never seen an orange person other than our president and an Oompa Loompa. He's not going to be Starfire. I think there would be more of an uproar. Of, uh, and Oompa Loompas were little, were little people wearing makeup. And considering we're doing a, that this is a TV show, even if it is for a streaming service, it's a TV show. I don't think they're going to paint her orange all the time. That wouldn't be feasible. Like I said, though, it doesn't really matter. It still works. She still looks great as Starfire, other than the problem with the coat and the wig combination. Having said all that, on the opposite other end of the spectrum is the trailer for Shazam. You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance, because that's what they're giving you. This is Billy Batson. Make sure you make him feel at home. They seem nice, but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around here. Dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. If you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? So they can fly away from this conversation. No, because heroes fly. What, you need your fake family to stand up for you? Hey! Man, sorry about that. Go, go, go! Grab it! Get out the way! Bailey Batson. I choose you as champion. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say okay! Shazam? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the BM, BM to the AM. You have super strength. BM, you just Can you fly? If I quit your BM, I still rock with Sadie's home. If I quit this season, Whoa. I still be the greatest. You okay? Why are you talking? BM, sit down. You know, I don't think that's gonna buff out. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. The hell? You're like a bad guy, right? Gentlemen! You have bullet immunity! I'm bulletproof. <laughs> You're dead. Sorry about your window, but night. you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. Which is funny because if you watch the trailer, almost all the scenes in the trailer take place at nap, at nap time. Can you tell my father? Uh, at night time. But they're having fun. This looks like it's going to be a fun and exciting movie. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Out of the three things, I am definitely looking forward to Shazam more. 
I'm looking forward to Aquaman, but that's probably second on the list. And then Titans technically is third out of these three, but shouldn't be even be on the list because I'm I, that trailer completely has me not wanting to watch the show ever, which I'm sure is like a boycott, but I'm not asking other people to do it. This is my own personal thing. If you think it looks interesting, if you want to watch it, go for it. I don't care. I'm just not going to watch it. That's all. I don't have to watch it. It's okay. Moving over into home video, the big news there is that Batman the Animated Series is going to be released on Blu-ray on October 16th. It's currently, as uh, as I'm recording this, apparently Amazon has dropped it to about $101. Uh, so you might want to try to get it now. And if you do that, just follow the link at twotruefreaks.com. And not only do you get that, that the, your Blu-ray set for whatever Amazon is normally charging anyway, but a little bit gets kicked back to us to help keep the lights on and keep the shows going. So, you know, if you don't mind, we'd really appreciate it. Anyway, the entire series is remastered into HD and is put on Blu-ray. The set also includes the Blu-ray releases of both Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero. It's also only limited to 30,000 sets, so you're probably going to want to pre-order this if you want to get a copy, to make sure you get a copy. And like I said, Amazon probably your best bet at this point something else coming out on blu-ray is supergirl the movie i don't really know why right now i mean the movie came out in 84 this is 2018 so it's like the 34th anniversary okay that makes sense i guess uh but yeah it's the 34th anniversary so maybe that's why or maybe it's because of the popularity of the supergirl tv show or who knows why, but they've chosen to do that this year. So you can get uh, it on Blu-ray. They've remastered the international cut of the film, which I believe is the longest one, but I might have it confused. The extended director's cut is also included, but is only on DVD and is in standard def, not high def. It also comes with a bunch of extras, probably the same ones released on previous specials. Nothing I have found has said whether they're HD or SD, but they are there including the making of special. Over in comics news, following the return of Superman's classic costume in Action Comics number one, Batman's going to be doing the same thing, returning to one of his older costumes, or a combination thereof, in Detective Comics 1000. Uh, The costume will once again resemble more like he's wearing tights with gloves, uh, rather than armor with gauntlets. Uh, The utility belt has pouches again, and he's got the underwear back. Copy bat, copy bat. Uh, let's see, another other big news in the comics. Grant Morrison is taking over Green Lantern with Liam Sharp on art. I believe this new title, which will actually just be called Green Lantern, is going to replace the current Hal Jordan title. I don't know, nothing I said I read said that they're canceling any of the previous existing Green Lantern titles, but I don't know if they'll keep Green Lanterns and Green Lantern going at the same time, or if they'll change the title or start that up or something or if they've lost their chance at their own title or what i'm not 100 sure on that all i know is grant morrison and liam sharp are taking over green lantern with the new number one and it will still focus on hal as a green lantern will be more of a police procedural type of show type of show uh, type of book um now personally i'm a big fan of police procedurals and i've always been intrigued by the idea of the green lantern corps as space cops So this kind of thing sounds really cool. So I plan to be checking this out. 
And the last bit of news for this episode is that we now know when the Power Rangers 25th anniversary special will be airing. The current series, Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel, is going to be returning from summer hiatus on Saturday, August 25th at its usual noon Eastern Time slot on Nickelodeon. But the 25th anniversary special is going to air in prime time at 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, August 28th on Nickelodeon, which is exactly 25 years to the day that the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers premiered way back in 1993. Probably not the time, but the same day. Fortunately, I actually anticipated that they would try to do something like this. I hoped that they would do this. So... All the commentary episodes I've been doing, plus I've still got a recap episode to do, uh, will should all be available by Friday the 24th, because that's when everything should be finished up. And so if you feel like a need to spend a few days to binge watch randomly selected episodes from each season of Power Rangers, or listen to a recap of the entire series as a whole, or all of the above, you, you can just go over to the Charlie's Geek Cast on iTunes or whatever you... However, you got this episode, you just look at all the previous episodes, you can pull those, and you have a nice little commentary with my amazing voice in your earbuds as you watch stunt people attack each other with swords and guns and, you know, spark a lot. It's fun. Related to this story is that IGN on their website posted this, uh, and related to all this, IGN on you know, IGN.com posted an article about all this, revealing all this information. They also included on there a picture showing three of the veteran rangers that are returning for the special. Uh, we're going to get Catherine Sutherland, who played Catherine Hilliard in Mighty Morphin Season 3, in Zeo and in Turbo, Jason Font, who played Wes Collins in Time Force, and Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver in Mighty Morphin all three seasons. Zeo, Turbo, and Dino Thunder, plus had a cameo in the Power Rangers movie from a year or two ago. Uh, the pic shows them in their morphing poses, which not only indicates that we may actually get to see them morph again, which would be cool, uh, it also reveals that Cat will be morphing into the pink Turbo Ranger, and Tommy will be morphing into the Mighty Morphin Green Ranger. Wes will also be morphing into the Time Force Red Ranger, well, presumably, considering he's wearing a red shirt. But that's kind of to be expected because he was only ever the Red Time Force Ranger. Now, we know, it's been confirmed that there's going to be more than three returning Rangers. But we finally had a reveal of three of them and there's going to be more coming. So we still have some more reveals coming up over the course of the next month. Now, I posted this over uh, in several Facebook groups related to Power Rangers. in the hopes that, because uh, most of my friends, uh, they're not Power Rangers fans. So I posted in these groups hoping to get some good uh, responses that I could read, you know, get a, kind of a fan reaction. Unfortunately, most of the reactions I got were people complaining, which is unfortunate. Uh, you know, stuff like, why is Cat becoming the Turbo Ranger instead of Zeo Ranger? Or why is Tommy back again? Or... My, fa- my favorite's not coming back. Why? How come none of the Space Rangers are there? What happened to all the Lightspeed Rescue Rangers? Well, hello. They haven't announced them all yet. They could still be coming. Please be patient. Let's not knock this thing down before a month before it even is, they, makes its debut. Oh, we also had people saying that the only way this is going to be good is if they do so-and-so. But, I mean, come on. Anyway. Uh, so, 
since I didn't want to go into all that negativity, which I basically just did, but I didn't want to call anyone out for it, uh, I moved over to, to, to Twitter, and I have a more Ranger-centric Twitter handle, at OrangeRanger198, where um, I posted, hey, let, I'm going to record my podcast t- today, let's see, let's get some responses from everybody, just use this hashtag and you'll be good to go. So I managed to get a response, so I want to say thank you to Writer Club, who is at Writer Club Main on Twitter, who responded with the, with the news of the anniversary episode in primetime is so cool. So that's a good positive way to do it. I also want to thank Writer Club because uh, last couple of my Power Ranger episodes, Writer Club retweeted them, which helped more people see them. And he's uh, he or she or they have been liking a, a lot of my posts lately. So I want to thank you guys for your support. Thank you very much. And for being the only ones to respond to this. But that's going to just about do it for this episode. Uh, next time, I hope to have my notes done so that we can take another look at the comic book adventures in the DC animated universe. We are still very early in the Batman animated series and Batman Adventures comics, so that's going to be fun. But starting with the next issue I'll be covering, Mike Perobeck comes in on art, so it's going to look very nice. So until then, take care of yourself and each other. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's Geekcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night. Good night.